And it's going to be win number five on the 2021 season for the driver of the five. Kyle Larson comes out of seven for the final time, and Larson is going to win at the Glen. Oh, yeah, guys. Good job today. Great job. So proud of this team. Hendrick Motorsports, great one-two day. Awesome recovery for the ninth team. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. This week's episode is a dandy, if I don't say so myself. We are going to recap the Watkins Glen race, take a look at how we did, talk about any takeaways, any thoughts on that race whatsoever, and then turn our attention to another road course. Yeah, back to back this week going to the Brickyard, but it's not the standard Brickyard we're used to. It's the Indianapolis Road Course where we were going to talk winners here for that race, maybe spend a little less time than we're used to talking about winners, and we'll explain why. Because the finishing position bets, that's right, top 10s, top 20s, etc., that's where I think a lot of money can be won this week at Indianapolis. And then, after all of that, we're going to move forward a little faster than normal because we've got a phenomenal conversation with the guys from BetTheProp.com, Phil Bobbitt and Steve Greco. You also may follow them on Twitter at SpeedwaySteve2. They gave out picks there as well, so you may already be following them. They came onto the podcast to do a little full tank face-off and talk everything about this weekend, all sorts of bets that we like as a group. So that's where you get your head-to-head fix this week on the podcast. But overall, just a fantastic conversation with those guys. So hang tight, and we will get to that in just a little bit. So Watkins Glen, taking a quick look back. Kyle Larson is your winner. Am I surprised about that? Actually, a little bit. Um, I didn't really think I was kind of fading Larson under the impression that his history there really wasn't that great. I thought that the win that he had earlier this season on a road course was a little bit of a fluke, and it was really chases to lose. I, he really honestly wasn't on my radar, so shame on me for dismissing Larson, the, the most dominant driver so far this year, at Watkins Glen. Now we look at Chase. We called him out to win the race, and right off the bat, he had problems, and they started in the back. Chase, in my opinion, at this point, it's basically like, a video game for him on road courses. That's how good he actually is here. It's almost like when you're playing like Madden, where you just let the computer get up on you like 35 nothing just to make it fun for yourself. Well, they chose to start in the back to make it fun for themselves. Now, as gamblers, I don't know if I really like that. That's the downside of putting your bets in so early is that if they have something like that comes up, you kind of, you know, I was a little schemish when I heard that, but um, he flew through the field now If he didn't flat spot his tires, Chase Elliott would have won that race running away. I mean, they called that out on the broadcast, but it was blatantly obvious. Even if you weren't listening to the commentators, it was obvious. I mean, that pit stop absolutely killed him, and he still almost won the race. Lost by a couple seconds. So that was ridiculous uh, to see Chase just basically have that happen to him and still come back and give Larson a run for his money there. So... Very interesting there, so we'll talk more about Chase in just a bit. Now, 
Austin Dillon, he was really our saving grace last week. He had a, a top 20 finish, and we hit on that bet. Ross Chastain, he just missed for us. I think he finished like 12th. The head-to-heads finished 2-1. and one. So can't complain there, you know, but when you do parlay them, that one, it does kill you, and it was Kurt Busch against William Byron. Hey, props to William Byron. He bounced back on the road courses. We were fading him hard and really saying, like, he just couldn't put together a complete race. Well, he really did. I mean, he was up there, um, really competed well in that top 10, sometimes in that top five. So good for Byron, bad for us, but, hey, I'll take a 2-1 head-to-head victory every single week because then you're coming out way on top on the year. But overall, as far as all the bets we called out, it wasn't a a phenomenal weekend. So we're looking to bounce back a little bit ourselves as we get into the Indianapolis road course. So it's really all I had to take away from Watkins Glen. I mean, solid race. I think it's a a really good racetrack. I can see you know, we, we go to the Road Americas, we go to Coda, and those are very entertaining because, you know, F1 goes there, IndyCar goes here. Um, but with Watkins Glen, it's just such a good track to watch NASCAR on because the guys are fast there. Like, the other tracks are still cool, but, like, I can remember Coda, they're coming in, you know, down the, the hill, and they're slowing up big time. Watkins Glen, they've got speed all over the track, and that's fun to watch. So, Happy that they were able to, to get back there this year, and it, it definitely is one to circle on your calendar if you're a fan of road courses. It's probably the best one that they go to. But we'll have another competitor in that case. Uh, Indianapolis is where we're heading next, and the road course there, Cup has never driven on that road course. So because of that, we're kind of forced to work off of all road course stats, as we're going to get to in a second. But Xfinity was there, and Chase Briscoe, that's right, Chase Briscoe, in the 14 car as a rookie this year, he won at Indianapolis road course last year in the Xfinity race. A couple other notable finishes in that race. A.J. Allmendinger, who's in this race this weekend. Austin Sindrick, who's in this race this weekend. And Ross Chastain. All of those guys finished in the top six So that's something to consider, you know, if you're a big gambler on experience at a racetrack, that's something to kind of look into there because they've got one race up on everybody else where everybody else is going in blind aside from practice and qualifying, which is back this weekend. That's right. So you do have to make that decision early in the week. Do you want to throw your bets in? Do you want to wait and see how a driver does? You got to be all over it. After practice, make sure you wait for those lines to come back up and and get them while you can because they're going to go down again on Sunday during qualifying, and they might not come back up. So that's just, you know, our typical warning for anyone out there listening. Be aware of that because uh, if you have a guy and you're waiting until after qualifying, you might not be able to get them. So all these odds that we're seeing, you know, have a really good chance of changing once we see what these guys have in practice on Saturday. But Uh, On top of that, it just makes you excited for something to watch on Saturday. It's almost like a a game within the game. So, just wanted to call out some typical track stats for all road courses, all time in NASCAR. Um, Since we don't have any track history here to look at, we've had 76 races on road courses. Winner has started on the pole 15 times. It happened once this year with Kyle Larson at Sonoma. So, something to consider there. Actually, we're going to touch on 
something at the end of this little run here of track stats that I find very interesting. So we had 15 times winner started on the pole. In the top five, 42 times. That's 55% the winner is starting within the top five. 70% of the time, the winner is starting within the top 10. And starting outside the top 20, it's only happened three times ever. And Chase at Road America started 34th. So what we're seeing here is, if you look at the five races that we've had on road courses this year, we've had a guy start on the pole, win from the top five, win from the top 10, win outside the top 20, and win inside that 10 to 20 area. So like every type of position that we call out each week, We've had a, a guy start from on road courses, which I find pretty funny um, if you really think about it. Now, manufacturer, everybody's been kind of decent all year, decent mix when you're looking at the history of road courses. But, you know, this year specifically, Hendrick Motorsports is the team winning four out of five races. Larson with two, Chase with two. Uh, JGR was the other team to win this year with Christopher Bell in a bit of a fluke, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk about Christopher Bell in a second on the Daytona road course. So those are your track stats. Like I said, a little bit different than we're used to because we don't have any track history, but we looked to try to find something any way we can. So when we get into our picks, because with winners, it's a little bit different approach, I guess. I mean, we're going to call out kind of a Goldilocks approach. I know that analogy doesn't fit 100%, but I'm going to try a little hot, little cold, and, and just right as far as the odds are concerned. But there are Larson and Elliott that are just so good that it really makes everything else so crazy to, to take. So you have guys down in the field that are monster numbers to win the race, which makes it interesting. So we're going to call out, like I said, one of each and see how we land. Now, I also want to say, like, choosing these like wild you could get into it and just choose like wild underdogs and kind of offset the heavy favorites that you want to throw your money down on and you know if something wild happens then boom you're you're in business but we're going to kind of go one of each all within the realm of possibility we're not getting too far outside of that window now before i do last week i called out denny hamlin and kyle bush and i think i made a pretty damn good case for either one of those guys winning the race and they both had good races they finished in the top five now i'm gonna say again you know i'm not gonna preach to you why they are still good at road courses because nothing's really changed if anything they've kind of bolstered that argument so for the sake of not boring you to death, I'm not going to dive back into those same exact drivers, but they are definitely on my radar as far as taking them to win the race. They're going off at plus 900 and plus 1100, Kyle and Denny, respectively, at this moment in time. So give them a look whatsoever and refer to last week's episode if you really want the full breakdown of them. Now, I'll go against everything I'm just saying and start with Chase Elliott. Okay, because we did talk about him last week, and we're going to continue to talk about Chase on a road course pretty much to the end of time. Uh, he's going off at plus 200 once again, just like he was last week at Watkins Glen. Now, we just talked about the finish that took place there. He finished second, and he proved, in my opinion, why he's just the best. Had to start out back, fought to get through the field, flat spotted his tires, fought again, and had the car had the skill to just get it up there and he still almost won the damn race 
So I'm kind of skipping over Larson. When we're talking about like the heavy favorites, I'm going to skip over Larson yet again. I'm going to take the the back-to-back jinx here and, and put that into play and say, you know, plus 350 for Larson, I'm going to throw that aside. Because when you're looking at road courses in general, it doesn't matter what category you're looking at. He is first at that category. So the stats that I kind of wrote down in my notes this week were this year, 2021 average finish, 2021 driver rating, but also those same stats since 2018 start of the season, because that gives you a little bit more of a window, a little bit more of a sample size. And it doesn't matter any of those stats, Chase Elliott's number one across the board. So, you know, you have to throw money down on him in case he were to go out and win the race. Now, he also has a bit of a pattern this year. In the last four races, all right, going all the way back to Coda, he has a win, then a second place finish, and then a win, and then a second place finish. So if that pattern were to continue, it's a win this week. Now, another side note, how ridiculous is it that in his last four races, his average finish is 1.5? I mean, that's insane. No matter what driver you are, no matter what track we're talking about, in this case, it's road courses and Chase Elliott. You have to throw money down on him. I mean, plus 200. The only thing that would prevent me from throwing money on Chase would be if he was like minus 115, minus 150. I'm not going to do that, okay? He's not Kyle Busch in the truck series. I'm not doing that. But Chase at plus 200, throw a little bit of chunk of change down, and you might be um, pretty happy about that. The other thing about Chase, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about his stats because we know his stats, but we talk about new racetracks for the road courses because NASCAR is introducing them left and right. He is very, very good on new road courses. He won the inaugural race at the Daytona road course in 2020. He won the first race at Coda, won the first race at Road America. He won all of those races. And then you look at the Roval. He finished sixth in the inaugural race. And that is when the next, he won the next two. So he is good at new tracks that are introduced to the schedule. This is another one that would be added to his collection if he were to get it done. So I'm never not going to take Chase plus 200. Lock me in. Now, if we want kind of the right in the middle pick, we're going to go to Martin Truex Jr. I was not looking at him whatsoever last week, but he's plus 650. And I feel like that is a decent number for what I saw last week. So let me try to explain this a little bit. Now, he was up front a lot of that race and fell back, you know, in third stage. And he wasn't really a factor at the end because the other guys just kind of took off and became a a two-man show. Uh, But what I saw, I did like because he's been doing better lately. Now, before we talk about this year, let's talk about since the start of the 2018 season. He has 13 races, two wins, seven top fives, 10 top tens. His average finish is second on the circuit, six, sorry, 7.6, and his drive rating second at 115.4. So we talked about how Chase has the number one position in all these stats. Truex is right behind him there for looking at you know, that larger sample size since 2018. And if we just look at this season, he's been better. I mean, I've been kind of fading Truex because he got off to a little bit of a rocky start in five races, but he's kind of turned it around here. Two top fives, three top tens, and they're all coming since Sonoma. A third place, a ninth place, and a third place. So we got back-to-back road courses, you know, with Mockins Glen and Indy. 
I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for them to kind of capture what they had, what they were doing well earlier in that race, and put a full race together. Um, I mean, he finished third <laughs> last Sunday. So it's not like he was, you know, 30th or, or something wild. He finished third. So I think that team has what they need. They just need to maybe execute a little bit higher level, and he could be in victory lane. That's all we're trying to do here is make a case for somebody that's not named Elliott and Larson. And a plus 650, this is a guy who's had a lot of success on road courses in the past, kind of passed over here. Um, he's in JGR equipment. They were dominant in road courses in the past, and they do have that win with Christopher Bell early in the year. So I think he could be worth your money at plus 650 if you're looking for you know, as close as a sure thing as you can get while also still getting good value. Now, if we want to look at long shots, I'm only going to call out one name here. You could go really crazy in the plus 2000s, plus 2500, and that very well could cash a, a big ticket this weekend because it is a new course and you never know what's going to happen. But I'm calling out Christopher Bell at plus 1800. I'm to paint this picture for you. All right. We've got maybe 10 laps to go. And Christopher Bell's off a little bit of a pit cycle and he's hunting down Kyle Larson, you know, Chase Elliott's in the garage and it's Kyle Larson leading the race and Christopher Bell's chasing him down, finally gets up to his bumper and just dumps him in one of the turns. The retribution that would be felt for that 20 car and Christopher Bell would be huge. Now, look, I love drama in the NASCAR world. I think they do it as good of any sport other than professional wrestling, maybe. And Christopher Bell's the petty king right now. Apparently, he's not returning Kyle Larson's phone calls. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm painting this picture for you, Larson dumped Kyle Busch on, excuse me, Christopher Bell on his way to that victory. And, you know, Christopher Bell is not happy about it. So I'll tell you what, I wrote Christopher Bell off after Sonoma. I mean, he, he went out and he won the Daytona road course, but, you know, that kind of got people's attention. Sonoma, for me, it was like, okay, th that was a totally fluke win. But maybe that's not the case. Not so fast, my friend. We're, we're getting close to college football season, some Lee Corso action. Not so fast because he's been strong. All right, seven career road courses. He's got one win, two top fives, three top tens, and all of those have come this year. His driver rating since the 2018 season on road courses is ninth compared to everyone. So all those top tens coming in this year. He finished second at Road America and seventh last week after he got punted. He was able to get the car back going again and recover for a seventh place finish. So that road course experience is good. And, you know, he has a, a second-place finish in Watkins Glen and Xfinity, so it's not like he's just kind of learning as we go. Like he, He's a guy who has road course success in the past a little bit, you could say. So Christopher Bell plus 1,800. This is my long-shot pick for him to do it again. I think he cashed in on like a plus $2,500 number to win the Daytona road course. They had him at shorter odds for most of the season. Now he's back up. This is a good chance for him to get some revenge on uh, Larson if you're a fan of that type of stuff and also cash a big ticket. So to recap, it's Elliott plus 200, Truex plus 650, and Christopher Bell plus 1800. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Vegas! 
So let's get right into the finishing position bets because this, I think, is a huge opportunity for you as the gambler to try to take advantage of someone who's at sleep at the wheel, really, with these sports books because the odds for these are very, very good. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple of them here. We also get into some in our conversation with Phil and Steve in just a little bit. But let's talk about some of these guys. Now, qualifying does matter, so that'll definitely change these odds. Um, even practice is going to adjust these odds a lot. So if you really like a guy in one of these positions, uh, you might want to take them now and then either double down on them or just kind of say, okay, wing and a prayer if they don't look so good in practice. But in any case, we got a couple top 10s to talk about and a top 20. So Chase Briscoe is our first pick here to finish in the top 10. He's going off at plus 150. Okay, he was our winner at the Indianapolis Road Course in the Xfinity Series last year. So that right there, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a huge believer in last time you go to a racetrack, um, you being in victory lane last time or recently, for that matter, just kind of brings back that positive vibe, positive momentum. That's a huge deal. I think the intangibles are there for Chase Briscoe. Then you take into consideration the year that he's having right now. Average finish this season is 10th on the circuit. For road courses, just looking at the five finishes that he's had so far, you could see that it was a big-time bounce back because he finished 32nd to start the year at Daytona Road Course. That definitely was a shock to the system, I think, for that team. And, you know, definitely for doubters like me, kind of like, okay, I was right about him. You know, we're going to just let him play out the season and see where he ends up. But he has turned it around, a sixth-place finish. 17th at Sonoma, then 6th and backed it up again last weekend with a ninth place finish. So new track. He's got more experience, especially with that win, compared to all other competitors. I'm surprised by the value we're getting here for Chase Briscoe. He has three top 10 finishes so far out of five races. Very good number at plus 150 for sure. He, I feel like, has done enough to earn a shorter value than that. But like I said, somebody at these sports books are just kind of not paying attention. So jump on it now before they adjust them. Um, so Chase Briscoe plus 150 top 10 finish. We're going to stay in the top 10 section for just a second and move over to, do you call him a road course ringer? I feel like we talk about him each time we go to these, but it's A.J. Allmendinger minus 110. He finished fourth at the Indy road course last year. Remember, he's in the Xfinity Series now. And so he got that start and finished fourth. Three cup starts so far this year in 2021. And he has been a factor in pretty much every race. He's 10th in driver rating in the cup series this year. In his small sample size, three compared to the rest of these guys, five races, 89.6 is his driver rating. And his average finish is even better. Eighth on the circuit, 13.7. So, yeah, I mean, AJ definitely brings that road course guy mentality to it. And there's a reason why he's in this race, right? You're racing for a team, colleague racing that, you know, they're one off. They're not going for points. There's a reason why he's in it and not somebody else. He is somebody who has the ability to change the complexion of the race overall and put potentially win the damn thing. Plus 2000 to win the race for AJ Allmendinger. That wouldn't shock me at all. But let's just talk about top 10. I know we typically like to go with the higher value. 
uh, in this section. And there are definitely guys that you can get for some high value. But um, A.J. Allmendinger, minus 110, I think, is a very good pick when we're talking about um, just finishing in the top 10. So lock it in for A.J. Now, we're moving over to the top 20 because there are a bunch of guys you can call out right now to finish in the top 20 that you're getting monster value for. And I'm going back to the same well we were at last week with Austin Dillon at plus 175 to finish in the top 20. He proved to me... And that's all that matters, right? He proved to me that he can do this under pressure. He's under every amount of pressure you could possibly imagine with being down what he is in the points to his own damn teammate. And he did well last week. And he still lost ground in those playoff races because Tyler Reddick was able to grab some stage points. So instead of being down six points or seven, now he's down by like 15. And he still did pretty well last week. So I think the fact that, you know, you had that pressure. I had a big microscope on him. As this pressure, he's on road courses. We know that historically he hates road courses. He was able to go out there, keep it together. He didn't lose the playoff race last week. He kept himself alive, and he got us a top 20 finish. I think he can do it again. I don't know what the sports person are looking at. He's got four straight top 20. 20 finishes and that's after a 34th place finish at the Daytona road course so clearly I don't remember but something must have happened to shovel him back the way uh, he was there to finish but he's 15th overall on the circuit with average finish this year in 2021 that's a huge improvement for Austin Dillon if you are a fan of his you know that road courses have kind of been his uh, the, the bane of his existence really so he's adjusted he's clearly made changes and we said it last week, we love a guy with good value who needs points. He's going to try to keep it clean as much as he can and make those aggressive passes when they present themselves. We saw it last week. We, we saw him do that to Ryan Newman at one point. He had Reddick in tow doing that. That's what we're looking for. All right, so top 20 finish here out of the three car. And there's a boatload of other top 20 finishes that, you know, I'll just throw out here. I mean, Chris Busher, he's won. He's finishing the top 20, I think, every time this year. We talk a little bit, I think, about him. Uh, I don't remember if it was part of our conversation with Steve and Phil or maybe it was after we were done recording, but Busher's a, a name there. I know we talk about Cole Custer, so pay attention to that conversation when we get to it. The point being here is that look at your odds right now for the top 20, and you're going to see some names that don't make sense with the values, all right? Eric Jones is another one. It's worth your time to see if you could try to take advantage of the sports books this week because money can be made. So just to recap, top 10, Chase Briscoe, plus 150, A.J. Allmendinger, minus 110, and Austin Dillon in the three car, plus 175 for top 20s. Firm but with little give. Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. So now, for the rest of the podcast, we've got quite the treat. A great conversation with Phil Bobbitt and Steve Greco of BetTheProp.com. I am so happy that these guys were able to come on and talk shop with me. In addition, we do a little full tank face-off where we're picking three total head-to-head matchups. They took two of them. I took one. And we all end up with three drivers, basically, with three head-to-head matchups. And we'll see on Sunday how everything shakes out and who the victor is. But that's not all we talk about. We get into a lot of other things. So 
Uh, let's turn it over to that conversation right now. All right, now we are very happy to welcome on for the Indy Road course to get some more insight. We've got two guys from the website, Bet the Prop. We've got Phil Bobbitt and Steve Greco here with me. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, Phil, it is awesome to be here, man. Been a, a longtime listener and um, really appreciate the good work you do and Love that you had us on tonight, man. I, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to, to breaking down some NASCAR with you. I second that. Sounds great. Um, very happy to be here. Appreciate uh, having the invite on. I'm happy to see uh, how this goes here. Yeah, so, I mean, I appreciate the fact you guys reached out. It, it really makes, you know, it more fun to break down a race when you're kind of shooting the shit off of other people here. And especially when it's back-to-back -back road courses, I feel like you're kind of looking at the same stats, like back-to-back -back weeks, and you kind of feel like you're in Groundhog's Day. So to have uh, some other people on, it, it makes it more fun. Now, um, you guys are both contributors to Bet the Prop, which is a, a site that has multiple sports, um, and you guys are the NASCAR arm of that site. Um, and... You're also on Twitter, I believe. That's where people can find you mostly, right? It's, it's Speedway Steve, too. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, we, um, we write uh, articles for, for Bet the Prop. It's like a, a mathematics-based um, analysis type of website. Very sharp handicappers. And um, they, uh, they invited us to, to help them break down some NASCAR and gave us an opportunity. And, uh, you know, we've been just trying to make them some money. So, um you know, we, you know, we recommend that you check out bet the prop for all their MLB NFL stuff and check them out for, for our NASCAR stuff as well. Um, and we also have a, a Twitter account at speedway, Steve, com or not.com at speedway, Steve, too. That's it. <laughs> and uh, we, we release our full cards on there. So turn alerts on. So just got a new logo as well. So <laughs> yeah, we did to check that out. Yeah. Sounds good. No, you guys are like a combo package. So you just tell me, you know, second ago, kind of how you guys got set up together to start working on this stuff. I mean, can you tell me again so people can kind of hear, like, how did you guys get into this game together at the same time with this? Sure. Um, it's a buy one, get one free sale with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, but I was a, uh, well, still am. A degenerate gambler on everything from uh, Russian table tennis to, uh, you know, women's volleyball to, you know, NFL, MLB, all that stuff. And then sports went away uh, for COVID, which was terrible. And the first thing that came back was NASCAR. And I know Steve um, is into NASCAR. So as soon as the odds came back up, I was like, Steve, you got to help me out with this. And uh, the legend was born. <laughs> I wouldn't say I won't go that far yet, but uh, we did see some instant success. It, it was like, NASCAR was the first sport back from from COVID, so I, Phil was like, "I need something to bet on," and NASCAR was there for his uh, gratification there, and that's how we kind of got started in this whole thing. You definitely can't be the only people out there. As sounds like I have thunder outside of my house or something. Um, can't be the only people out there that 
found NASCAR via being the first one back from COVID. They definitely had to make some fans there. But uh, Steve, were you like a NASCAR fan for a while before that, like growing up? I was. I was. Uh, gosh, it was. It was back when uh, Jeff Gordon was running the uh, the twenty four rainbow car. I I was. Gosh, not five six years old probably when I was watching that race for the first time. I just enjoyed watching this car go around in circles. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> I've been watching ever since. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. So you guys have been doing pretty well this year. I mean, I know that you called out Kurt at Atlanta. I know that that's like a, a, a big one for you. I mean, you guys have had a lot of success otherwise, right? Are you still riding a hot streak right now? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we had Al Marola the next week at the 80 to one outright, which was, which was pretty awesome. Um, we're up, I believe it's 68 units year to date, um, which is a, a really good number. Nice return. Our ROI, I think is, um, about nine and a half percent. So I, I, uh, I pride ourselves in that your money is safer with us in, in the S&P 500, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but um, last week was a little bit of a down week. Um, we had some near misses. Um, we took advantage of some early early numbers that DK posted that was, you know, they were really bad. Um, and that kind of saved the week. But, uh, yeah, I think we were down a unit and a half last week overall. But happy to get going again this week here. Awesome. Yeah, I can follow up a little bit off of that. I mean, so every week I like to do a little bit of my own projections on finishing positions. And it was – the projections were very on point. It was just a couple positions off from the, the head-to-heads we had, and that ended up costing us a little bit of an off week. So hopefully we can bounce back this week and have very good, you know, data from the practice sessions, et cetera, on Friday. So That's a, a perfect – segue into what I was going to ask you next. I mean, obviously we're going to make some picks um, in a second here for our like head to head face off uh, little gimmick here, but in real life, like, are, are you, how interested are you in the, the practice sessions? Are there certain guys that you just know you have a gut feeling for uh, that you want to get in now? Like, how do you, how have you been approaching practice and qualifying this year? Cause it has been such a different year for, know our gamblers out there steve do you want to go first uh yeah that's fine i mean um yeah we can talk about practice a little bit um as far as practice goes i feel like uh the biggest focus for the practice sessions is not really looking at the leaderboard like you know by finishing positions as far as the fastest laps go but really looking at the five lap runs the 10 lap 15 lap runs you know the longer you can go with the you know the long long green flag lap runs is where you're going to find the guys actually going to have the most speed in the race so as far as the practice goes that's kind of how i feel like the best way to approach it is that's how we've seen uh the success when they do have practice and qualifying, which is going to be this week. So do you usually put your bets in before, like, or do you kind of like wait to see if the guys that you think are going to pan out are looking pretty good in practice and kind of risk, you know, the odds changing a little bit depending on how practice looks. Right. I, I like to do both because right now that, you know, today the top 20s dropped and I feel like there's really good value before and after practice. 
yeah. especially if you can get guys that uh, you know are going to run well with and have you know good lines opening up. You can get those early before practice, and then you can see guys that uh, maybe didn't have good speed in practice, but you know are set up for the, the race, and you get that you bet them after practice. Kind of play yeah. both sides there. Yeah, we definitely definitely try and find some value before practice because um, you know you don't want the line to move. 30, 40, 50 cents, and then, you know, miss an opportunity, you know, on something you had a, you know, you had a read on prior to practice. So you almost recommend going maybe, maybe half a unit before practice and kind of see how it shakes out, but you want to get something down um, before the practice session starts. In my opinion, that's, that's the way I approach it. Yeah. I, I think I'm on the same boat. I've, I've talked to a few people kind of on the side recently that are like, man, like if there's practice, why would you ever put something in beforehand? And I'm thinking to myself, like, have you never had a, a good hunch about something before? Like that's, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what you're, that's the process here. We, we identify who we like and we, we stick to it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. It's kind of like a one foot in one foot out um, type of approach, definitely not black and white, but I just kind of wanted to get some, validation there that i wasn't crazy um yeah. i'm sorry I'm, i was just gonna say because we do you do have historical data to look at maybe not at, at indy but you know at, at road courses you know so you can you can kind of know who who you expect to perform um and you kind of you know get a little piece before before practice starts exactly and and with practice and qualifying especially qualifying i mean you run the risk of having the lines not come back up because they take them down and it's a quick window, especially on race day. Like with the, the lines coming back up, you have to be pretty quick, be very uh, available at your phone. But um, in any yeah, case, that's, so that's a great point, Phil. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, they need, they need to make it a little bit uh, easier on the gambler. You know what I mean? They need to be, be more, <laughs> more forgiving there. For sure. Maybe as we, as NASCAR gambling gets bigger, we'll, we'll have uh, more to say about it. Uh, they'll listen to us, but um, let's get into some head to heads. And since you guys are the guests, you get two of the three uh, picks. So I don't know, were you guys going to do like one each or did you guys want to talk it out together? Uh, I don't know if you had any plan kind of heading into this or, or, or what, but I'm going to leave the stage open here for you to, to take whatever <laughs> head to head matchup you want. And I'll get stuck with the other guy. Oh and, man. Uh, and then we'll flip it to me. Pressure's on. All right. Yeah. Um, we, we did submit a couple plays, um, already, so we can just pick from that list cause they were off of uh draft kicks. So, um, Perfect. Steve, I don't have them in front of me. If you want to, if you want to pick two from the list that we submitted, I think we, we put four in so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know which one you want to we which one you want to do, but uh, I, I really liked uh, it was Chase Briscoe over Ryan Blaney. Um, okay, I can get, get into that a little bit, I guess, as a as a head start. Uh, I think I like both. You know, I like the Chase Briscoe play. I like the Ryan Blaney fade because we saw how much Penske was struggling last week at Watkins Glen. I feel like the Indy Road Course is going to be a fairly similar setup to Watkins Glen, and we saw Chase Briscoe had another good run. He's been, I think, he's had three top tens in the last three road courses, and uh, obviously we saw him last year win the Xfinity race here. So he's got the track time. He's got he has he's got the experience. He ran well here at this series. He beat Cindric and uh, AJ Allmendinger. So 
I feel like that's a very solid lean. It, it was minus 110 when we put it in. I think it's still minus 120. That's probably still a good play in my eyes. I yeah, can't that argue a, that. Sorry, Phil, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that Xfinity race was one for the ages. I don't know if you remember that one, Phil, but it was awesome. They, it was like a, a four-way battle for the lead with, you know, one and two to go. It was It was sick. Yeah, he definitely earned his chops on the course on on the indie road course on that one that was a, a memorable one For um sure. i can't argue this i mean earlier you know in this podcast before the the interview i i called out uh briscoe as a guy i liked for a top 10 finish I mean, he's plus 150 right now uh where he was earlier in the day uh to finish in the top 10 and for all those reasons that you said um i you know briscoe's a good pick so I guess if I'm trying to convince myself that Blaney has a chance here, uh, I guess it's the fact that, you know, he's been relatively uh, consistent, I guess you can say. It's just maybe not the consistency you want, but he's he's anywhere between like 10 and, and like mid-teens, basically. So if Briscoe, you know, just kind of misses it off the truck, it, it would seem that Blaney has – kind of found that spot all year on road courses right in that like mid-teens area so he'll be there kind of around the the outside of the top 10 if if briscoe isn't on his game um like he has been recently so i mean i can't argue the pick i, I do like it and uh i might be in a little bit of trouble there so good pick i like briscoe um all right so i Appreciate gotta that. i gotta you know we did this once before with our, our guy nick and I lucked out because he he bet one of his uh, picks with his heart instead of his head, um, which made it a little easier on me. But with you guys, um, I really have to find a, a good one here because if I don't get my pick right, I'm kind of screwed here. So the, <laughs> the, the one I, I like two. So I'll save one because it's a little bit more of a long shot. And right now I, I can't afford a long shot. Um, Kurt Busch is going off at one minus 135 against Kozlowski um, plus 110. So I guess we're just kind of fading the Penske crew right now, but uh, this is for kind of like what you said, Steve, like both reasons here, Kurt Busch has just been my guy overall this year. I mean, he's been making me a lot of money on various bets, but on road courses, I mean, he has three, top tens, two top fives so far this year. I mean, he's up there in average finish and, you know, the whole group here and driver rating this year. Um, whereas Kozlowski is, is kind of like surprisingly the opposite. I mean, he, he finished fifth at the Daytona road course. And then like, that was all she wrote. And then last week he was embarrassing to watch. Oh, he's like, so that, was, that was, I mean, I, I, I think I said on the, the pod last week, it's going to be really interesting to see, how he approaches the rest of the season because uh, you know, he's obviously going to the six car and you know, how serious is he about trying to win a championship? Now I know that, you know, sometimes people just have bad days, but it's not the right, you know, race that you want to have uh, if you're trying to prove like, yeah, I'm here, I'm here on the two car to, to win a championship. That was dismal. Um, so I'm kind of banking on Kurt, just kind of being Kurt and being Similar to Briscoe. I mean, I, I think they're going to be kind of in and around each other on Sunday. Uh, and I, I'm banking on Kozlowski to be further back in the pack and kind of fumbling through things like he did the other day. So um, I don't know if you're confident 
with me giving you Kozlowski or if uh, you're also in agreement that Kurt would uh, be the pick there? Well, Phil, that's, that's a tough one for us to uh, talk ourselves into because we, we're, we're also on Kurt. We like Kurt um, at the top 10 number, I think, is plus 200, which I think is worth a shot. Um, but in this matchup, I guess if we're, if we're going to try and talk ourselves into Kozlowski, um, <laughs> <laughs> Logano was – yeah, Logano was kind of fast before, you know, Kislowski ran into him. And Kislowski was kind of fast when he was out front before, you know, he spun out for the first time. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, they, they get the braking issues figured out in the garage. And, um, you know, that's about it. I mean, he's a, a former champion. So, you know, he must know how to get around a road course. But, um, man, that, that's a really good pick. I, 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 really don't want Keselowski, but I guess we are stuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, uh, I'll be honest here. We were on, I was on Brad a little bit last week because he ran so well at New Hampshire. Uh, it wasn't New Hampshire Loudon. Yeah. New Hampshire. He, he, he was, he was a pretty dominant car over there. I thought, you know, maybe had he had things figured out. I think that's the one thing he maybe argue is that, it was it was just the braking issues. Maybe maybe that was just an issue with the brakes, and maybe he does have some form coming back after you know after Loudon just had an off week. And and Kurt wasn't really necessarily his usual self at the road course either. I think he was maybe in the fifteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, he ran around pace. So yeah, he ran around fifteenth all all day. That's exactly right. He at. at I had him in a head-to-head versus Byron, actually, that missed. And, yeah, we did, too. Um, yep. yeah, yeah, so, because I was banking on Byron continuing his uh, downtrap, but he he actually jumped up and, and performed really well. So, because I had that bet, I was following Kurt, and, and at one point, you know, he was, like, the 20th position. I'm like, you know, pick it up. But um, he eventually kind of, you know, I finished 13th, so um, I guess that's a decent finish for running sort of, like, mid-pack all day. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – before that race, he's been really solid all year. So that's what has my attention with Kurt, um, except for the rain in Coda. That was you can't count anybody that got wrecked in the rain. I think, but boy, um, that was a good piece of driving to to miss Kyle in that. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the one. I guess the one thing you look at and say he did well that day. But he was running, he was running <laughs> in the top ten before that, so I can't really give him much. Yeah, it was a shame either. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we'll. Uh, We'll try and stick you with one here, uh, Phil. <laughs> yeah, final, um, yeah, final pick here. So who are you going to throw I, on me? I like um, Austin Sindrick over Alex Bowman. Sindrick uh, is minus 115, um, and Bowman on the other side is minus 105. Sindrick um, is a road course whiz. Um, he, you know, he's very strong on the road courses. Um, he's got a lot to prove going into the two-car next year. Um and even though he might be in a little bit subpar equipment compared to, to Bowman, um, he's just much better at, at the road courses. And, and he's proven he can, you know, drive out front in that car um, until it broke. I can't remember where that was. Was that Coda? When he road was, America. Road America. Yeah, he was he was wheeling it. Um, and I, I just I, I expect him to beat Bowman. Bowman kind of looked lost last week. Um and, you know, it's not the equipment because it was, you know, Elliot and Larson out front and Byron was fifth or sixth. Um, so I just I don't think road courses are Bowman's strong suit. 
Um, I don't have the data in front of me. Maybe Steve can fill in the blanks, but we like Cindric over Bowman. Cool. Steve, anything to add before I have a rebuttal there? I don't think so. I think he hits all the main points there. And once again, Cindric is another guy that has the, has the uh, experience from the expanded race last year. So he's going to have a lot more track experience than Bowman will. Yeah, that's so I could tell you, I stared at this bet for like 10 minutes um, when the lines came out and I just like couldn't wrap my head around picking either one. So now that I'm kind of thrown into taking Bowman, I'll, I'll give you my thought process here. I mean, Sindrick, yeah, he's the favorite for a reason. And that's who I would be betting on, um, you know, if I was forced to because of all those reasons that you said, if I'm defending Bowman, I think I have a little bit more to defend him with than I did Blaney. Um, so let's start with Cindric. I mean, everything you guys said is correct. It's just, for me, he hasn't put that like full race together, I guess. Um, and it makes it an interesting bet because it's apples to oranges. Like when you're looking at the data, you know, he's been in a couple cup races this year, but like, it's not like the same statistics that you get with these other guys. Um, so it makes it kind of fun to, to play with Bowman. He had two bad races in a row. The Road America and Watkins Glen were both very bad for Bowman. But he's actually been pretty solid. You know, before that, he had three top tens uh, this year. And he's always been solid at the, the Roval. Um, so I don't hate Bowman. He's just kind of on a down slope right now. And Hendrick, like you said, has it figured out. So someone in that race shop, you know, has to be able to guide them in the right direction, you know, identifying there's a problem now. It's kind of a pattern at this point. They need to snap out of it. So I don't mind getting stuck with Bowman as much as I do Blaney or, or you guys probably Kozlowski. Um, but I do probably agree that Cindric is the pick, I guess you could say. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I, I totally get you. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot more in Bowman's notebook for sure. I just, I'm kind of banking on Cindric's raw talent at the, at the road course. And, and I'm willing to kind of take the coin flip on it. Yeah. If I was to, if I was to bet like crystal ball, I would bet you that Cindric's going to be like top five for a chunk of stage one, stage two. And, and we're going to be saying, man, that that's a lock. And then, you know, maybe <laughs> something happens pit road, whatever. And then all of a sudden they're kind of riding around each other towards the end. That's, that's my prediction of how that one, and you know, be closer than we think. I don't know. We'll see. For um, sure. So, so to recap, we've got that one, Cindric over. So you guys have Cindric. I have Bowman. I've got Kurt Busch. You guys have Kozlowski. You and, scoundrel. <laughs> and you guys, uh, well, I have Ryan Blaney. You guys have Chase Briscoe, right? That was the first one. Yes, sir. All right, that's a good matchup. Like I said, we'll put put some bad Photoshop out there to show that um, on Instagram and uh, and Twitter, and um, we'll we'll see who wins. I don't know what the the prize is. I haven't determined that either when we did this the first time with our buddy Nick, but um, he hasn't sent me anything for sweeping three zero. So I don't know <laughs> if he's listening to this. He can he can send something to me. But uh, yeah, so 
I want to segue off of that, kind of just talk about any other leans you guys have or any other thoughts on the race this weekend. And, and I want to start by just saying there was one pick that I like that I couldn't take the shot on. I had to go with the more of a layup, um, knock on wood. But Austin Dillon is plus 100 against Cole Custer. And, you know, Phil and I were talking before we started recording about you know, Austin Dillon's numbers uh, or his odds right now to finish top 20. He did it last week. Um, the, the number right now, I mean, I called it out on the podcast to start, you know, my, uh, plus 175 to finish top 20. He's not like he was a year ago on road courses. And Cole Custer has done nothing for me to say to myself, like, oh, he's a heavy favorite in this matchup. Um, so I was kind of leaning towards taking Austin Dillon in our our um, face off here, but uh, you know, would it, would you guys have been happy with Custer or would you agree with me that Dylan's the pick there as an underdog? Um, we, we love the value on Dylan for the top 20, the at plus plus one seventy five. Uh, we, we played that on the flip side. We also played Custer's top 20. Um, oh, so it, okay. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been, it probably would have been a coin flip to us. Um, but Steve, you can probably elaborate more. I'm going to play the contrarian here. I I like I like Cole Custer here over Dylan. Believe it or not. Okay. I'm look. I'm just looking at. Um, I'm looking at Cole Custer's um, pace here late in a run. He was he was running close to the top ten. Um, he was he was about twelfth in uh, drivers fastest late in a run. And you just look at Austin Dillon, he's still down there in the 20s. So, I mean, this is just last week. So, okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't take that matchup then because I might have had uh, given you guys some some juice to work with there. But, <laughs> I mean, I, that I was. Very, that would have been a very uh, good uh, head to head there, a face off between us. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, looking at it, I mean, you know, I guess. Custer does have four top twenties this year. I'm just, I have it pulled up right now. Um, but head to head on road courses. I like to look at, you know, at a certain track guys um, going head to head over a certain amount of time this year on road courses, Dylan has them uh, four to one wow. and, you know, a much better average finish um, much better driver. Actually, I might be lying about driver rating. Oh uh, yeah. Better driver rating overall, not too much better, but um so that's what was making me lean that way. And, and I guess from everything we're talking about, I guess sports books would in my mind put out that like more of an even matchup, but to see him plus 100 had my attention. And, um, you know, I just find that interesting, but I'm happy I didn't take it. You know, I'm let me ask you, Kurt. let me ask you this. Do you think Stuart Haas has caught up at all since the beginning of the year compared to, you know, the, the Hendrick and the Chevy crew? Well, so we're talking not road courses, right? Just like overall as a uh, yeah, shot. I mean, yeah, any any track in general, just overall pace. So I think we saw with Amarola winning that race. I mean, that, I think that gives them uh, a boost. And Briscoe's been good lately. Um, and I think that's because of a couple of road courses in the last, you know, few runs. Um, I don't have faith that they are fully caught up though. Um, I think they are still like a, you know, B or C class shop 
right now. Uh, so as playoffs are rapidly approaching, I guess Harvick and Almirola are your two guys there. Um, Almirola by the <laughs> seat of his pants. Um, I don't see those guys doing much so far from, from everything that we're seeing this year. I, I can't see them going far in the playoffs. Uh, if that answers your question, do you have a different take on that? Are you seeing something different in the numbers that says, you know, maybe they are starting to pick it up? I've just seen slightly better performance from the Stuart Haas crew in recent weeks. So that was the only reason why I kind of gave the eggs to Custer there over Austin Dillon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they've been, you know, the Amarillo win is huge in so many different ways um, to prove like, yeah, we do have it still and to do it with somebody other than Harvick um, and Briscoe, I think, I mean, he's a road course you know, veteran, I guess you could say he's a rookie on the, the track, but he's got that road course uh, success in his background um, from, you know, previous years in the lower series. So I think he's benefiting from the, the schedule, having so many road courses and they're able to kind of lean on that momentum a little bit. But if you were to take us to an intermediate track um, and slap it down, I, I don't think they're, they're as caught up as um, you would hope they would be, you know, if you're a big fan of that organization. So that's my take I, though. I guess we'll I, find out. I do agree with that. I think at the road course, there may be a little bit of a closer competitive, um, you know, nature there between Custer and Dylan. I just think Custer is a slightly better road course racer than uh, Austin Dillon is. And I think he could still provide the, uh, necessary driver skill there to get the job done over that in that matchup but i, I don't i don't mind the awesome dylan play either because we, we've seen him be better on road courses so i'm gonna go ahead and, and take custer and dylan for that top 20 yeah yeah um, I, I can't hate that yeah just to chime in i'm happy to to lay off the matchup and just root for both guys to, to finish in the top 20 because you get you get a nice number with both and um you know then you don't have to to sweat out a matchup between two pretty even camps. So very good point. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably will end up doing the same. You guys kind of sold me on Custer tonight. I, I was not on him, uh, you know, in the podcast earlier. Um, so I'll, I'll be betting him in uh, on Sunday for sure. Um, any other guys that are calling out to you? I mean, I, I think it's kind of tough to talk winners, at road courses because you know the the guys are so obvious this year um but are there any other kind of diamonds in the rough out there or people that are flying below the radar that you guys are thinking of so far this week um uh, sure go ahead steve no i was going to mention um i heard um martin do you, I, I have to ask you this full tank phil I, okay <laughs> do you believe in the auto trader um, what, what do you want to call it? Theory. It's not a jinx. Whatever the opposite of the jinx is. Yes. Do you believe in that where Truex just absolutely has a bullet of a car when he runs that auto trainer paint scheme because he's running that this week? I am a degenerate gambler and I definitely yes. fall into that category of someone who gets sucked up by the the paint scheme it doesn't matter what sport it is like you know football unis like if, if you got somebody wearing like 
you know, sick jerseys that week. Like I'm all like the Eagles when they wear their uh, black jerseys, um, all black, like they always win. They always win those games. So yes, the auto trader car with Truex, he's a monster when he sports that. I'm, I had no the, idea. That that was like, oh. Sorry, go ahead, Phil. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm in the same boat with, with that, like, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Uh, so with Kelly Green, ship it. You know, the, the money's good. They're going to win and they're going to cover and it's going to be great. And uh, <laughs> yeah. when Steve told me about the, the auto trader thing with Truex, um, we, we ran to the window at MGM and that is top five. I think it's, what is it, minus 115, Steve? Yeah, it, it, it moved to minus 125, but you still may want to run over there with your sprinting shoes and get that in. Yeah, it, <laughs> still good, still good. Uh, Truex top five, that, that's one of our biggest plays of the weekend uh, for sure. I love that. I had no idea that he was and running I, that scheme this week. I usually feel like he runs that like in the short tracks, like Martinsville and, and like, you know, Richmond and those guys, but I guess – they're busting out for the road course. They need some. They need some love. So need the so good juju. Year, so I'm, I'm right. sorry. I remember last year he ran this scheme at the uh, the Oval, Indianapolis Oval, and he was he had that issue with I don't remember what it was. It was some some kind of part issue. He had to go pit, get it fixed. He had to start in the back, and then he was very quick. And then he got run over on pit road or whatever happened, but the car was really fast in that auto trader scheme. So I, I just remember that happened from the old last year. We so were on him too. Old. Well, that is uh, so, so you guys are playing it top five. I called him out earlier to, to win the race um, as somebody that was just like getting not totally ridiculous odds. Like, you know, Elliot and, and Larson, like he was going like plus 650, I think, which I think is is definitely um, acceptable uh, to win the race. But top five, you said sure. it's minus 125. I mean, that's that's doable. I believe his win wager on FanDuel is plus 900 right now. That's what I got it in at. That's a that's a great number as well. Wow. That's a that's that's a great number. Monster number. Yeah. Cool. Well, Truex in the auto trader scheme, that's a good, a good gem to throw out there. A big name gem too. I wasn't, uh, wasn't expecting to talk about the heavy hitters, but that makes a ton of sense. I heard it on a serious XM radio there. He was doing some sort of thing with uh, selling the special paint scheme of that car. So that's, he was on, uh, he was talking to them on Sirius, And I heard that when I was uh, in the car, I think it was yesterday. Well, I guess we'll find out, you know, if uh, how big of a deal it is, you know, since we're we're calling it out very big here. We'll see if it comes through for us. The auto trader scheme for the win here. Um, I wanted to run one more name past you uh, just to see kind of a hot and cold thing. Ross Chastain. Um I love it. I'm shocked at myself that I, <laughs> I'm shocked that I, <laughs> Oh, is it really? This is your guy. All right. So he is someone that like at the beginning of the year, I never would have thought that I'd be betting on him uh, to finish like top 10. And, and, you know, I guess I haven't even looked at his top 20 number, but uh, 
recently on road courses, he's been pretty good. Finished 12th last week, just missed the top 10. We called him out there. Uh, but before that, he's been really solid. So he's one of those guys, kind of like what we were talking about with Stuart Haas. Like, I don't think I trust him on intermediate track, but these like wild card tracks, he's got this momentum of signing a track house. Like, I guess it sounds like Phil, you, you like Ross. I am a huge Ross fan. Um, we both bought watermelon man, uh, shirts. Um, <laughs> Ross is like my guy. Um, you know, I, I started seeing, um, some positive, um, trends from him and I was like, Steve, we got to start betting this dude. And he just, he just cashes tickets like crazy. You're, you're, you're on the right, on the right track, Phil. He, he just, he's been an absolute moneymaker this year. And, you know, I, I think he's got a lot to prove and now he's got a lot of momentum, like getting a track house ride. So he's, he's safe. He's no longer like, you know, in the contract year, you know, with all the uncertainty swirling around him, but he's been really fast on road courses. He's been really fast. Like, you know, just like you said, on the wild card kind of tracks and in the 750 package. Um, so we're definitely looking at Ross. we got to find a way to play him um, at a, at the right number, but, I love betting Ross Chastain. So that's, that's what I have to say about him. <laughs> you make me feel less crazy when I do it. Cause I, like I said, if, if past Phil could look at me now that he'd be like, what are you doing? But uh, it, it seems to make sense. Like I, I'm, I have trouble hitting the button, but it, it, it seems to be paying off lately. So I'm glad I'm not nuts. It feels yeah, good. Don't, don't think twice, just ship it on Ross. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, you guys have anything else uh, to add before we wrap it up here? Uh, I think I think I'm good. Steve, do you have anything you want to add? I don't think so. We covered a lot, quite a bit here. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, well, if I could just shamelessly plug one more time our Twitter handle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at Speedway Steve too. Um, and like I said, turn alerts on because we, we put out plays at all hours of the day and night. And, um, you know, we, we just want to help you guys make some money. That's right. And and bettheprop.com. See some um, articles there as well. And, um, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what you guys have this week and beyond. So can't thank you guys enough for coming on and made this week much more fun for me. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Phil. Really, really glad to be here, man. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you Absolutely. very much. We appreciate it very much. It's been great. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks again to our guests, Phil Bobbitt and Steve Greco of BetTheProp.com. Follow them on Twitter at SpeedwaySteve2 and follow us on Instagram at FullTankPhil. We will be ready to go this week. Place your bets and get them in early. And we will see you next week for the Michigan, getting a little bit back to normal, the Michigan race. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for Michigan. Go.